You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Today, we're launching what I think is perhaps the most important work of my life. Let me unpack and explain it. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The, the, the Breakdown. The, 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 the Breakdown. The, 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 the Breakdown. If you don't mind, for a few minutes, I want to put my teacher hat on for a moment if you didn't know this uh, I was actually trained as a high school teacher at Morehouse College and my first job out of Morehouse was as a middle school and high school history and civics teacher and uh, that that teacher part of me has never left and part of why I even have this podcast is to be able to to unpack and explain and illuminate lessons and concepts and ideas and systems and structures that sometimes are super, super complicated, but my goal is to be able to break them down. That's why we call it the breakdown, because my goal is to be able to break them down in a way that anybody understands it, from from children who listen to this podcast every day all over the country, and shout out to parents and children and teachers uh, who play the podcast for their students. But I I have children from elementary school, middle school, high school, and then college students all over the country and around the world who listen. And I need to make sure that if a child listens, or if a professor or some public intellectual listens, that they not only will get the concepts that I'm trying to share, but that it will illuminate them in a way that hopefully creates a light bulb moment. And I want to teach something for, for a second. And you've probably heard me say this in, in echoes here on The Breakdown. But for years and years and years, as I stood with families who had experienced horrible injustice from from police brutality to to racial injustice and everything in between, we would fight for what we believed to be justice, which was often an arrest, an indictment, uh, a conviction, hopefully, and almost never receive it, almost never. And I I can name 50 families off the top of my head that we fought for and organized for and met with and consulted with that that attorneys and I poured our heart and soul into their case, not only to make their story known, but to show the injustice of it. And over 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 again, there was no justice. And that's the that's the American story. And you have to understand that when you are fighting for justice, not for a few years, but for generations, 
in cases where you definitely should have received it. I'm thinking of Emmett Till. I'm thinking of Trayvon Martin. I'm thinking of Eric Garner and Tamir Rice. I'm thinking of so many men, women, children, and families who should have received justice. And when you don't receive it, having fought for it, not just month after month, not just year after year, not even just decade after decade, but when you've fought for justice intergenerationally, when your parents fought for it, when your aunts and uncles and grandparents fought for it, when their parents fought for it, and almost never received it. What you are dealing with is a system. This is the lesson, and it's a point that I need you to understand. And if you go to my Instagram or Facebook, or if you go, I'll tell you in a second, let, let me not step on what I'm about to say in a second. I'm going to share an action step for you just in a moment, but if you fight for justice for generations and keep being denied that justice, what that is telling you, what it is teaching you, is not that that system is broken. A broken system means it was well-designed, well-intentioned, well-built, and has, for various reasons, uh, deviated from its original intent. That's not what we have in the United States of America. That's not what the family of Mike Brown, the family of John Crawford or Tamir Rice, not what the family of Ezel Ford, that's not what the family of Sandra Bland or Freddie Gray or Alton Sterling, it's not what the family of Terrence Crutcher or Philando Castile dealt with. They weren't dealing with a system that was a great system that's just broken. No, 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 no. That's not what they're confronting. They are confronting a system. This is an altogether different monster. They are confronting a system that's actually functioning exactly the way it was designed, imagined, conceived, built, Create it and 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 deployed. It is doing what it was deployed to do. It's not ten percent off course. It's not twenty or thirty or forty or even ninety percent off course in 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 one direction or another. No, it is doing exactly what it was meant to do. It was meant, it was built to oppress people. And not just anybody. It was primarily built to oppress African Americans. As it has grown and expanded, it has increased its scope to also oppressing Latinos, to oppressing indigenous Americans, to oppressing many marginalized groups. But it was designed and built to oppress African-Americans in every way imaginable. Not just from Emmett Till to today, 
but for generations before that. Through lynching, through Jim Crow, of course through slavery. And so, when we create change, when we make change, and change doesn't just happen, you have to craft it. You have to forge it. You have to build it. You have to fight for it. It doesn't just happen. It never just happens. Particularly not positive change that, that empowers people, that frees people, that provides people equity and equality and justice. That change doesn't just happen. You have to, you have to be a, a, an imagineer. You have to be an architect. You have to be a construction worker and build it. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so when we tinker with this thing that they call the justice system and adjust this and tinker with that and put a camera on it, what we find is it it may get marginally better here and there. But the fundamental fact of the matter is the system, this system, is not broken. In fact, it is functioning exactly the way those who designed and imagined and built it and deployed it meant it to function. Therefore, we must construct new systems. When we speak of abolition, when we speak of it historically, we're talking about abolishing the systems and structures and laws and policies of slavery. When we talk about abolition in the 2020 context, we are talking about abolishing policy by policy, law by law, structure by structure, office by office, abolishing the systems and structures of mass incarceration, of modern day policing, of modern day police brutality, because those systems are corrupt and rotten to their core. They were not well-designed systems that have deviated. They were oppressive systems, and they continue to be that. That's why, if you know the story of the beautiful young soul, Elijah McClain in Aurora, Colorado, who was walking home from the store quietly, as he would always walk. He was a quiet young man, brutalized and murdered by the police in Aurora, Colorado. And as people protested his murder this week and played violins, as Elijah McClain would often do, they began, the police, the Aurora police, began brutalizing the violinist the protesters, the demonstrators who were grieving the death of this young man. Shame on our country. It's not an Aurora problem. It's an American problem. Which takes me to our action step for today. Today, After working on it for months and dreaming of doing it for years, we are very proud to announce that we are launching the Truth, Justice, and Reconciliation Commission. And we are building it first in three pilot cities in San Francisco, 
with the District Attorney Chesa Boudin, in Boston with the District Attorney Rachel Rollins, and in Philadelphia with the District Attorney Larry Krasner. I want you now, if you can, to go to tjrc.org, tjrc.org. I want you to see our launch video, which you can also see on my Instagram and Facebook, and maybe we'll put it on Twitter. (laughs) But I want you to go to tjrc.org, tjrc.org, Truth, Justice, Reconciliation Commission. Go to tjrc.org, see our launch video, learn about our plans, join our team, donate if you can, and support it. It's perhaps the most important work of our lives. It's going to take us at least the next four months, if not longer, uh, to build the local commissions in San Francisco and Philadelphia and Boston, and we're already looking at our next round of cities. But we're going to nail the work in these first three pilot cities first. I can't wait to tell you all about it. There's work to do, and um, I'm thankful for your support getting us to this point. I've got to run. We have a quick Woman Crush Wednesday segment. I wanted you to hear that before we leave. Take care, y'all. Hi, I'm Nikki Rojas, and I'm the senior writer for The North Star. As part of its Woman Crush Wednesday series, The North Star highlights strong women of color every week who are using their voices to help their communities. This week, The North Star's Woman Crush Wednesday is fashion designer and activist Karis Rogers. Karis was in the first grade when she was bullied for her skin color. At 10 years old, Karis became inspired by her grandmother's saying, flexing in their complexions, and started her own clothing line with her sister. The two launched their clothing line, Flexing in My Complexion, to stop bullying and colorism. Since 2019, the two sisters have sold over 10,000 t-shirts and have caught the attention of celebrities like Lupita Nyong'o and Beyonce. Recently, Terrace has used her platform to bring attention to the Black Lives Matter movement and police brutality. She continues to be an anti-bullying and anti-colorism advocate. To learn more about Terrace and why we're crushing on her and her work, head on over to at the North Star Media on Instagram to read more about her. Hey, my name is Brandon Janice and I'm the host of Sick Empire, a brand new podcast brought to you by the North Star. On Sick Empire, I interview New Yorkers who, in different ways, fight on the front lines for change in the city during the coronavirus pandemic. Please listen to hear a unique mix of stories from essential workers, small business owners, artists, and elected officials who are all experiencing the chaos of COVID in their own ways. Listen to Sick Empire on all streaming platforms. And you can support the show and any of our other podcasts by heading over to thenorthstar.com and becoming a member. Sick Empire. Sick Empire.
When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word, delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.